Hey Saints, this is Milan Milan. So today I have, oh my goodness, fitness and study. And you already know we're talking about the four gospels, right? In the New Testament, we're talking about the four living creatures. And how does this represent our God? Right? So I'm excited to do this study with you, share what I know. And um, if you have studied any of this, um, go ahead and leave a comment. And you know, I'll definitely read my comments. This is um, on YouTube and it's on my Facebook um, and even on my site, um, you can send me an email. So without further delay, what I'm going to do first is after prayer, of course, is I'm going to play this small clip that I put together um, to kind of put things in perspective about this study. So while you're watching this, um, if you don't already have it, it's a good time to go ahead and get your Bibles because we are going through some scripture. You hear me? We are going through scripture and scripture and scripture. And I pray that all of this ties together. So let's bow our heads and then I'm going to play the clip and then I'm coming back on and we're going to get right into it. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for using me as a vessel for this platform, for the opportunity to speak to my brothers and sisters. Lord, I ask that you use me, Lord, in this um, podcast, in this in this uh, study of what I learned and I, I pray that your message gets to everyone who is listening in the way you will have it get to them, Lord. I just want to be obedient and sow seeds, Lord. I know I cannot save. You are the only uh, salvation that we have. And I am so grateful. I am so, so grateful, Father, for all you've done, um, all you are doing and all you will do, right? Jesus, oh my goodness, you are just so amazing. Just even through this study. Oh God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Okay. So now I'm going to play this clip and also it's a good time if you need to get coffee, if you got to get some tea, lemonade, uh, or even just if you just go raw and just drink water. <laughs> That's a whole topic. I've actually been starting to drink more water. It's a whole challenge at work. But, okay. So, here's the clip. And then, after the clip, we're going to dive right into the study. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that it is edifying to everyone. I really do. I hope that you get something that the Father is is uh, is given to you through this. All right, here we go.
All right. So I really hope that that was reaching someone. We're going to get into the study, but that's just a, um, a taste of what we are about to get into. All right. So let's have our Bibles out and let's get into the study saints now this study i'm gonna be using the new king james version i do flip-flop from king james to new king james new king james is just the easier uh, for me it's an easier um understanding of what the king james version is and also i believe that the king james version is the truest of the Bible, right? Of, of what your um, what was intended, and it doesn't have any verses that are not in it. Some other, um, how you say it? Some other um, options that you have are like the NIV. Some verses are left out that you see in um, King James and. We could that's another topic. We could talk about that um, at another time. But like I said, I use the King James or the New King James. Today is New King James. So we're gonna start talking about the four gospels. And also just one quick other side note. I am using the well, I love to use the blue letter Bible, and that's what I'm using today. And I say that. Um, because like um, you can bring it up online, you can bring it up on your phone, type BLB, BLB, Blue Letter Bible, and it'll come up, right? But um, I like to use it because as I study and I go through scripture, it has um, parallel verses, right? At the top of um, whatever chapter it is that has a parallel verse to it. So I thought that was just something that hopefully it would be good to somebody as you go through your studies and you know you try to make sense right of God's word and apply it right so we don't want to just read the bible and be like oh i read the bible we want to apply God's word to our lives so i thought that was just something that would be helpful because once i found out i thought it was helpful so i'm just sharing what i know okay so for real, for real, we finna get into the study. Uh, the four gospels. All right. So the four gospels are in the New Testament. And the four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each speaks of Jesus' life, right? Um, while he was here, uh, his ministry. They just all have a different take on it. So some things, some of the uh, gospels don't mention that the others do. And then sometimes when you read through the gospels, you'll find that some of the gospels say exactly what the other one said word for word. Okay, so those similarities and differences in the four gospels. Each gospel is true, 
is not one better than the other, one above, I would say, than the other. But when I speak to people um, about Christ and just I found off of my own uh, understanding of who God really is, it was better for me to start with the book of John. So you can start with any book you want, of course, wherever the Father leads you. But I'm just telling you off a of personal experience, it's been um, the book of John that I would tell people and that I just honestly found helpful. So we're going to go through each one and then hopefully um, you'll see why. And then, of course, I'm going to explain it. Right. This the study. So Matthew is the first book and Matthew speaks of Jesus um, as a king. OK, um, from from that aspect, he is a king. But from that aspect, that's how he speaks of Jesus in the book of Matthew and um also, just know that Matthew was a, a, a tax collector. I just think that's something important to know when you do read through the book of Matthew, just to kind of know who Matthew was and to make it make sense, right? While you go through the book of Matthew. And um, looking at Jesus as a king, Mark then speaks of uh, Jesus as a servant, okay? Um, and Luke, Ju Luke is, um, his perspective, his take, right, on the gospel of Luke is um, the human side. Jesus, the man, okay? And John, John, <laughs> John speaks of Jesus as God. So we see the, the deity of Christ when we read the book of John. And that's the reason I say for me and the reason I talk when I talk to people, I kind of lead them to John first is because I feel once you can see Jesus, the deity of Christ, everything else makes sense. Once you know who Christ is and all that um, he is of, like his characteristics, once you know uh, the proper term, I guess it's the Godhead, because it's one God, but three persons, right? So you have um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is what indwells, he is what indwells in us. So go back to thinking and remembering when Jesus said in Matthew that once he leave, then he would send him, right? He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. He would lead us. He would guide us. He would comfort us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So that's. Like the Holy Spirit is with us. And I've said it before, like God knew the type of world that we would live in, right? And he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. Um, so once you read John, I feel, once you read John and you see the deity of Christ, I just feel like everything else falls into place. So now going back to 
the beginning of the um, four Gospels, right? Starting with Matthew, trying to understand the representation of Christ. I look at Matthew when he says um, what his his uh, perspective in his uh, the book of Matthew is Jesus is king. You also look at um, the lion tribe of Judah, right? And then Mark with Jesus as a servant. Um, and I'm sorry, these are about the four faces of the living creatures. Thank you, Holy Spirit. These are these are the four faces. <laughs> these are the four um, faces of the living creatures. So one had a face of a lion. Um, another side was an ox and then a human face and then also a face of an eagle. Okay. And so thinking of that, the lion, right, would be lion tribe of Judah. For Mark, Jesus as a servant was his perspective and it was an ox, right? An ox carried things, right, for the people. Ox carries burdens. Jesus took on our sin, right? You see how, I hope you see how that relates. And if you don't, I hope that it will click, right, at some point in this study. Luke, in his perspective, um, the human side, right, of Jesus, um, the face, the, a human face, son of man. And so John of course, is writing from the perspective of um, the deity of Christ. Jesus as God, right? Because he is God, but Jesus is God. And what's left is the, the eagle, okay? So you think about eagles ruling the sky. They fly really high, right? Wings spread wide. And then you think of Jesus as our creator, and he rules this entire world, So like I said, I hope this makes sense to you as it is. Uh, it was making sense to me going through the study. So what I like to talk about is uh, first, it's going to be John. Uh, if you go John 1 verse... 14. So John 1, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay. So. Go back up to John 1 1. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, parallel to that would be Genesis 1 1 through Genesis 2 3. Okay. So, Jesus is the living word. Okay. This is the deity of Jesus Christ. 
and Jesus is God and um, he always existed. It wasn't like he was created um, because it says in the beginning was the word It's Jesus and the word was with God. Right. And the word was God. I feel like when this was written, it was like um, just to be clear. Right. <laughs> just to be clear. So I feel like this is this is explaining um the deity of Jesus Christ. Now we can get into um, a few of the miracles, right? That Jesus had done during his ministry. So first miracle <laughs> that um, in John, I would say is when he turned the water into wine. So that's going to be in John 2. And we're going to read verses 1 through 12. So it says, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Right. He's telling her it, it, it hasn't come yet. Right. Why are you telling me this? Okay, back into scripture. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some, sorry, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk them, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. All right, so that was the first one. The second one we're going to go to is John 4. And 
is chapter 46 through 54. So 46 through 54 is about Jesus healing a nobleman's son. And so it goes. So Jesus came to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. And he inquired to them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So... Now that leads us to John 5, 5 through 9 are the verses. This is Jesus healing a man at the pool of Bethesda. All right. So 5 through 9 says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. All right, so 38 years, this man was living with this, um, this illness. 38 years, he was living with this. So when it says six, says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Y'all, he, Jesus, Jesus was healing people okay we already ran into three miracles and it doesn't matter what day jesus is god it doesn't matter what this is the sabbath so back then okay the pharisees and they were so so religious so religious and that's why i say our walk with christ is not about religion it's about relationship with our creator so these people right religion is what got jesus killed religion people people then were okay 
They'll say one thing, right? They look good in front of people. Oh, this is a law. This is a law. Follow the law to the T, right? You can't do this. You can't. They were religious. So when Jesus healed this man and it was on the Sabbath, they didn't like it, right? They were so into their, uh, what you can't do, um, especially not on the Sabbath. Oh, no, you can't do that because they consider that work. This man got healed and they couldn't see the beauty, the miracle that Jesus did, right? The healing that Jesus did for this man that had been having this condition for 38 years. No, they saw the religious aspect of it. Oh, what he just did was a work. Who, who, who is he, right? He's God, but they didn't see it. They didn't see it. But that's just the backstory, just so that you know. They didn't like it. All right. Um, but we only in the fifth chapter, and Jesus already done did three miracles. Yes, and I said it done did. <laughs> he done did three miracles already. All right. So now let's get to chapter six, verses one through 14. This is when Jesus feeds 5,000. And if you're looking in the Blue Letter Bible, it's going to give you, and even if you're not, I'm just going to tell you, it's giving you parallel verses um, for feeding the 5,000. I'm showing Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21, Mark 6, um, verses 30 through 44, and then Luke uh, 9 and it's verses 10 through 17. So starting at 1 going through 14, chapter 6 of John. So John 6, 1 starts off. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were deceased. And Jesus went up to the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test them, okay. for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples and those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Right. It said when he had given thanks. Right. 
he distributed them to the disciples. Now going into verse 12, it says, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets of the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Y'all, he fed 5,000 people. 5,000 people with two small fish, right? He put in small fish, not just two fish, letting you know they were small, two small pieces of fish and five loaves of bread. He fed 5,000. If that ain't a miracle, child. All right. So we can see that Jesus is just miracle, 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 right? And it's beautiful. It's beautiful because what you see is he's doing these miracles and then people are believing. People are believing. They're seeing it. And he said it. You have to see to believe. But the beauty to that is that the miracles are performed and then people see the miracles being performed and they are believing. Right. So in the book of John, Jesus has. A lot of names, right? That are listed. So I'm going to get into the names. And what I'm going to do is just give you the chapter, the verse, and just a small little commentary. I'm not going to read the entire verse, but I'm going to give you just a little bit piece of what that verse is, right? About the name, the name that's given, the name that Jesus has in these verses. So again, these are all in John. So... If you're taking notes, if you want to just jot it down, I'm not going to go too fast, but I'm going to go through it. So <laughs> I crack myself up sometimes. I'm sorry. So um, John 1, 1, the word was God. John 1, 29, behold the lamb of God. And also it's in John 1, Verse 36, John 1, verse 41, we have found the Messiah, right? They said we found our Savior. John 3, verse 29, is the bridegroom. John 4, 10, living water. Amen. John 4, verse 42. This is indeed the savior of the world. John 6, 14. This, this, not this. This is indeed the prophet. John 6, verse 35. I am the bread of life. Amen. John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. John 10, verse 9, I am the door. John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. John 11, verse 25, 
I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, 1. I am the true vine. <laughs> all right, y'all. These are all our Jesus names, right? In the book of John. So, so far, we've gone over the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've gone over the four living creatures. Although we're not finished, I did do a small introduction. The four living creatures. And compare it. To Jesus, representation, right, of Jesus. The similarities of the gospel we've gone through. Um, we spoke on John verses about the deity of Christ, right? We just went over some of the miracles Jesus had done in uh, John, the book of John. I think I listed like four. Okay. And we didn't even get out of uh, chapter six and it was four. All right. So even just looking, right? At the book of John, it's 21 chapters. And we only was in chapter six and he already had done four. All right. So now, and I'm sorry, we just went over the names of uh, Jesus and John. I listed 15. Okay. So again, the book of John is going to explain and, and really give the perspective of his perspective, right? Of um, Jesus being uh, the deity. The deity of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to say this right. The deity of Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus as God. Okay. So now I touched on it. But y'all, we finna get into these four living creatures. Because I don't know if you like me. But when I was like four living creatures. And I've been reading about it in the past. and I don't know. Just in this study, I feel like um, God was revealing more. And honestly, in this study, y'all, it brought tears to my eyes. I look at it as, as beautiful beautiful it's it's obviously nothing that we see here right in this like in our life here on this on this earth so they are in heaven okay the four living creatures but i'm gonna go through scripture um the references these four living creatures and um which is gonna start all right so the four living creatures now they are in Revelation 4. Let's go to Revelation 4, verses 6 through 11. And the beginning of Revelation 4, it is the throne room of heaven. All right. So just to set that for you, set that in your in your mind on where we're at, right? What what is this? Right, that we're we're about to get into. So the throne room of heaven is the title, I guess you would say, for chapter four. So four 
verses 6 through 11 says, Before the throne was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures, full of eyes, front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. And I'm sorry, as I go through this, <laughs> I'm sorry, as I go through this, go through the four gospels right and you know matthew lion tribe of judah he his perspective was jesus is king so go through this as i go through the living creatures and hopefully that brings it together if it didn't before so i'm sorry backing up 4 7 says the first living creature was like a lion the second living creature was like a calf the third living creature had a face like a man and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle the four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within and they do not rest day or night saying holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy O lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created I know this isn't part of the study, but I am led to just mention this part. First 410, where it says the 24 elders fall down who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and for your will they exist, and they were and were created. That is the resurrected church, the raptured church. Okay, the saints who were raptured. All right. So going back to the four living creatures, Revelation 4. Verses 6 through 11, it mentions them, okay? But it also mentions them in Revelations 5, 6 through 14, Revelation 6, 1 through 8, Revelation 14, verse 3, Revelation 15, verse 7, and Revelation 19, verse 4. So let's just look at Revelation 19, verse 4. And it says, And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. This is worship. Worship. And our God is deserving of all praises, 
and all worship. But this 19.4 is speaking of worship. Okay. Now the four living creatures, <clears throat> I would say are also similar um, to what we find in Isaiah chapter 6. I'm just getting to it. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. So Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. In that year King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim each one of them having six wings with two he covered his face with two he covered his feet and with two he flew <laughs> and one cried to another and said holy 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 is the lord god of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory amen and also, if you look with me in Ezekiel verses, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 1 verse 10. All right. So in Ezekiel 1 verse 10, it says, As for the likeness of their faces, each other face had a man each of the four had a face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had a face of an eagle. Okay, that's just another description of the four living creatures. So those are a lot of verses to go back, study, go to the Father, pray, seek guidance, ask for revelation. But these four living creatures appears to me that they were created for worship. Okay. So I was thinking, like, why four? Four? Okay. Why four? So... I look at four, like we got four Gospels, right? Four Gospels being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are four uh, faces on these living creatures. On the fourth day, right? Significance of four, if you think about on the fourth day, God created, I'm sorry, completed the material universe. Not that he was finished. Right. Because we know on the seventh day he rested. But on the fourth day, God completed the material universe. So if you look in Genesis, this is leading me. Genesis 2.10. So chapter two, verse 10, we, it says, now a river went out of Eden to the water to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads, right? Four rivers of paradise. Okay. 
Um, let's look in Ezekiel 37, 9. So in Ezekiel 37, verse 9, it says, Also he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. Okay? The four winds of heaven. Uh, let's go to Daniel 7, verse 2. So Daniel 7, verse 2. Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Hmm. Okay. Um, Daniel 8, verse 8 says, Therefore the male goat grew very great, but when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it, Four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven, right? We see four all through scripture. Um, also, look at Dan 11, verse 4. And it says, and when he had arisen, his kingdom shall be broken up and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity, um, sorry, not according to his dominion, which he ruled for his kingdom shall be uprooted even for others besides these. And this is speaking of uh, warring kings of north and south. Okay. And then just look in Zechariah 6, verse uh, 5. So Zechariah 6, verse 5 says, And the angel answered and said to me, These are four spirits of heaven. Who go out from their station before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth? Okay, so the significance of four seems pretty great to me. Okay, if you think of the number four and say you were to multiply it by 10, you would get uh, references of the 40 years in the wilderness, right? The Israelites was wondering. It didn't have to take 40 years, but it took 40 years because they kept complaining, complaining, not trusting our God. Um, the uh, flood lasted, right? In Noah's days, 40 days and 40 nights. Go back and look at it at Genesis 7, 4. Actually, let's look at it right now. So let's go. First book of the Bible, okay? Genesis 7, verse 4. Genesis 7, 4 says, For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. 
So all I can say is the number four is, is great, right? Jesus knows why. He knows why on everything. Um, but I just found it interesting as I was doing this study, y'all, about the number four. Why four living creatures, right? It's four uh, gospels in the beginning of the New Testament. Amen. Right? So... I wanna, I wanna see the living creatures. Like I, I imagine, yeah, okay, we will when we get to heaven. But just reading about it, and I see like God's, I see His glory, I see His glory through it, because just looking at it, so. The six wings, right, that they have, is it like it represents the symbolize the fullness of Christ. Um, each creature has six wings and many eyes, and the eyes they symbolize eternal wisdom, knowledge of Christ, judging true and righteous. True and righteous are his judgments. So I could say I might have a lot of questions, right? Because I, I got questions even after I study. I'm all like, oh my goodness, right? But truthfully, y'all, I could see getting to heaven and um, just falling down to my face, worshiping my King, my Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything, for everything that he has done, um, everything he will do, um, even when we don't see it. So it's like when we, when we are faced with hardships in life, when we're faced with times that are like small trials, right? It's, it's, look at it as a, a way of you growing in Christ. Because you're to run to the Father, right? And you allow him to work in that situation. We just, we should fall back. We don't need to be trying to figure it out. Because God is already, he already knows, okay? It's already worked out. It's not like something happens and oh my goodness it catches him off guard it catches him by surprise no he already knows he already knows so trust that it is building character right it's how i like to look at it it's building character it's strengthening me and my knowledge in christ and my and my walk with jesus because i'm leaning and i'm trusting on him even more so right that i'm faced with this what i see is an obstacle right for me I'm human, but for Christ, it's nothing, right? And that's how we could look at it. And as I know it's easier said when you're not in it, right? And when you're going through it, just try to remember that Jesus, nothing happens on this green earth without the final say, right, of Christ, allowing it to happen. And know that if he's allowed it, if he's brought it to you, he's going to bring you through it. So 
There's never anything we should ever fear or be concerned or how I'm going to make this work. Mm -mm. No, baby. Leave it to Jesus. Leave it to Jesus. Leave all our cares to Jesus. Leave them to God. He will. He will strengthen you. Um, he will build you up. And the awesome part of God, he, he meets you where you are, right? You don't have to be at a certain level of um, your knowledge in Christ or you stop sinning this, you stop doing that, you stop sinning, 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 and then you come to Jesus. No, just come to him as you are. That's what it means. Come to him as you are because he will not impose himself on you. Come to him as you are and the the uh, lack of a better word, the cool thing, right, about Jesus. And there's a lot of cool things about our, our Savior. But um, the amazing thing that he does is he meets you where you are. He doesn't say, oh, you got to do this, this, and that, and then come to me. Come talk to me afterwards. No. Come talk to him now, wherever you are. He's going to meet you there. So you don't see me, but like, just put your right hand out, right? Kind of low, right? Wherever your walk is, just, just, it's low, okay? Compared to our holy God. Oh, Jesus. And so then take your right hand, right? And then, I'm sorry, your left hand. <laughs> take your left hand and lower it down until it touches your right hand so that's just a a picture of how jesus comes to meet us in our circumstances he's with us in our circumstances he's he's right there with us and all we need to do is believe and trust him allow his will to to reign Ask that our will is aligned to his. That he comes into our life. And um, let him have his way. Because we know following Christ, his way is the right way. Now, I'm not saying his way is going to be all lovely and walking in, um, I don't know, sunflowers all day. Because it's not. But it's worth it. It is so worth it. Um, Jesus loves us so much, y'all. You think of uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We were created in his image. His image. So don't nobody make something that similar, you know, similar to them if they don't like it. And okay, so think of it like this. Parents, you know, you got kids, right? And for women, right? especially or even men right you got your little person that look like you what you do you go get matching outfits right <laughs> I, I i'm just trying to give you like uh like something to picture in your mind like jesus is 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 is, is god right god we god is god is god and then he is the creator of everything and he made horses but they weren't made in his image he made the birds of the air they weren't made in his image then he made adam 
Ooh, yeah, I'm fighting back these tears. Oh, Jesus created us in his image. So when you walk with Christ, never doubt him. Never doubt his ability, right? It's greater than any evil that could ever come against the child of God. Walking with Jesus is you won, all right? Now, I'm living the winning life. No, I already won. You already conquered it through Jesus Christ. He has already had the final say. You just don't know what it is. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, um, it's like a book, right? You read the book. Jesus already at the end of the story. And we somewhere kind of like walking through it, you know, maybe chapter four, 14. People like to say their birthday. Okay. So for me, my chapter is 44. I don't know when the book ends. I don't know what chapter that is, but I'm in chapter 44. <laughs> I think I'm 44. Y'all yeah, be forgetting my, I, okay. I'm about, I'm, I'm, I'm 44. All right, I'm going to say I'm 44. I'm thinking about how old my kids are, right? That's how I remember my age, believe it or not. But okay, so um, <laughs> I'm in chapter 44. And uh, Jesus is at the end of the book, right? I don't know what chapter that is, but he's at the end of the book. And throughout my chapters in life, <laughs> help me, I've, I've learned to trust him. I've learned to grow in Christ. It's not enough to just be like, oh, I love Jesus. But then I'm just doing whatever I want to do. I'm out here sinning, 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 right? No. We are to submit our will to his will. Love Jesus, right? For who he is, for who the Holy Bible says he is, for what his word says he is. Not what these people on social media try to say he is. Not what somebody who say he is that ain't read a scripture a day in their life try to say he is. Or what this pastor says he is and then it stops you from reading the Bible. No, you get in his word. He left this word for us, his children. Because he loves us that much. I call it his love letters. Jesus had 66 of them. And in between those 66, y'all, it got chapters and verses because it gets deep. Jesus' loves for us is so deep. Jesus, oh my goodness. So just imagine you are in a relationship, right, with someone. Or you, you really love someone. And you write them these letters. <laughs> But this person never read your letters. They never read your letters. How do you feel? You took time to write it out because you knew that um, they were going to need it. Right? You loved them so much. You wanted to guide them through what their life. You wanted to guide them. You wanted to remind them that you are there. You are there. You have not left them. You are, are living. You're present. You're with them through every situation. Ooh, that's how I look at Jesus' letters to us. He wrote us because he loves us. He's telling us, I'm here. 
I have not left you. I am the living God. The Bible is living and alive, y'all. Oh, oh, goodness. Somebody loves you that much? It's like nothing compares. Nothing could ever compare to the love of Christ. And parents, I talk to you again. The love we have for our kids is nothing compared to love Jesus has for each and every one of us. Now, some people just won't come to Christ, okay? Because he doesn't force himself. If he were to force himself, y'all, we wouldn't have a free will. We wouldn't have uh, freedom of speech or anything. It'd be already programmed and like, what? That's not love, right? True definition of love, that's not love. That's control. And we know control and love has no business being in the same sentence, so, mm-mm. he loves us, right? He loves us. He will never force himself on us. I say Christ is the true gentleman. He's so awesome. So if there's anybody here that doesn't know Christ, I would say it's a good time, like the present, right? Get to know Jesus, ask him into your heart, go into prayer and ask him to reveal who he is. He will do it, y'all. He will do it. He will answer. He will. So I'm going to read you Romans, sorry, chapter. 10 verses 9 through 11 because these are like my favorite verses of salvation okay we all need a savior not one of us is better than the other doesn't matter how much knowledge uh, girl A has over boy B no doesn't matter none of us are better than the other person now our gifts may be different okay that does not make one person better than the next and you learn the closer you get with christ the more you walk with jesus and you just got him with you everywhere you go and it shows your fruits oh the fruits of the holy spirit thank you lord are going to show now, people who don't walk with Christ can have some of the fruits. Yeah, it's kindness. Okay. Um, gentleness. All right. Love. <laughs> That's great, right? That's a great fruit. <sighs> and I honestly feel like if you got the fruit of love, the other ones are like right with it. Like they go hand in hand, right? True love. Oh yeah, but honestly, when you when you get closer with Christ and you walk more with our Creator, more and more every day, right? And you learning about Him, you grow this deep love for Him, this deep admiration for Jesus. 
and um, your fruits start to go deeper, right? Love isn't just love, it's, it's the love of, that Jesus has for this world. Kindness isn't just kindness. Oh, let me hold the door for you. No. Kindness is, uh, let me sit here and pray with you. Let me understand what's hurting you. Let me intercede for you. Let me help get you through this, right? By getting you closer to our creator. That's the only way we are going to be of any good to anybody is us having that relationship with Christ. I can't take my faith from somebody else who may be strong in faith. We're to work out our own salvation, right? Our own. I can't take somebody else's faith. That's like the five virgins, right? Who were not ready. There were 10 of them. Five were ready and five were not. You don't get to borrow. You have to have your own. And the only way to have that is you having a relationship with Christ. I'm not going to have a relationship with Christ based off of somebody else's relationship. I'm going to have my own. So Romans 10 verses 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. You're not going to be put to shame. You are saved. If you read that verse and you truly believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, he rose again in three days. He died for our sins. He died for our sins, y'all. And put your whole trust in him. You'll be saved. So... I want to go into prayers, how I feel we should end this podcast. I done just gave you the salvation verse that I love. And I said it again. Yeah, I done just. Okay. But let's go into prayer. And I want to pray for... Anyone who needs it, all right? I don't want to limit it to one particular person. This is truly for anyone who needs it. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for all the listeners, Lord, who have uh, listened. Let's uh, go, go through this, the scriptures. Lord, I ask that it resonates um, with them in their hearts, Lord, their souls, fruitful souls, 
uh, seeds are sown, were sown, Lord, and that you will come in and provide the increase. You will save them, Lord, from themselves, Father. God, I I am just at awe at times when I read uh, scripture, when I read the word, Lord. I didn't, in the past, didn't know what it meant when it people would say, this is the living word. Lord, this is the true, true living word. I thank you for it, for leaving your love letters to us so that we can grow closer to you, so that we can know you more intimately, Lord. I thank you, Father, for all of our trials that we grow, go through because it grows us as uh, individuals and to then learn what our role is into uh, the kingdom, what our business would be, what you will have us do, that our wills are aligned with yours, Lord, that we then have your heart for, for this fallen world. Lord, I ask if there's anything that is keeping someone from knowing you, any strongholds, Lord, I ask that you release them. I ask that you release them. Release them, Jesus. Release them. Release them from the stronghold. Release them from any notions that they think that you are not able to do. Lord, I ask that you break Every, every bond, everything holding back your children. That you, you reveal, you reveal, you reveal, you reveal who you are, Lord. Reveal who you are. Reveal that you are the living God. Speak to them right where they are, Lord. Speak to their hearts right where they are. And have them come into the full knowledge. And you are a savior. Every door that they have opened for the enemy, Lord, I ask that it's closed. Close, close, close the doors. Close the doors. Lord, you are the only truth. You are the way. You are the light of this world. This world is so dark. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I trust in you. I trust in you that you will reveal who you are. You will speak to your children. You will break every chain. Every demon will flee. Every evil thought that tries to come up against the word of God will break off. It will break off. It will break off. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, what you did on the cross. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 
You are worthy. You are worthy of all praise, all glory, all honor, Lord, all worship. You are worthy. You and you alone, Lord Jesus. I pray that it reaches everyone and resonates in their hearts, Father. Amen. All right. Guys, guys, guys. We're ending this podcast. Before I do, I'm just going to let you know (laughs) I am... God willing, going live tomorrow, Sunday, September 26th, okay? And it's going to be about why is praise and worship important? So you'll be able to go ahead and chat with me, (laughs) comment, like it, share it. With any and everybody, because we all need Jesus, right? We all need Jesus. Amen. It's not a day I can go by without him. It don't matter what I'm doing. It's not a day I can go by without him. I wouldn't have been able to wake up without him. It wasn't my alarm clock. And trust me, child, that alarm clock went off and went off and went off. And I hear it. Um, and even if I heard it, I can still tell you it was not my alarm clock. It's our Lord and Savior that wakes us up each and every day. And the fact that he continues to wake us up means our purpose is not done. So are you living in the purpose that God has um, for your life? And if you don't think you are, if you got any questions about who you are in God, right? Go to the Father and you ask him to reveal. You ask him to lead you. You ask him to guide you because loving him, you want to be obedient. Loving him is not my will, Lord, but yours, right? Loving him will give you a heart, his heart for others, Loving him is more of him and less of us. The Lord increases while we decrease. We let the Lord have his way. And then you won't have to be concerned if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Because you let Jesus have his way. (laughs) Amen. See how easy and simple it is? I get I say it's easy and simple, right? And sometimes you like, I don't know where this is going, right? I get like that too. I'm human. No one's perfect but Christ. But at the end of the day, I've learned to give him my life versus let me do it. Child, I don't honestly think I would even be here talking to you about what Christ has done in my life if I wasn't allowing Christ to be head of my life. If I wasn't allowing Christ 
will over my own. I could just about guarantee I wouldn't be doing this. Okay. And I am so grateful for doing this. I am so grateful that he is using me. I am so grateful that he still sees uh, me as a usable vessel. <laughs> Amen. Because he keep waking me up. And as long as he wakes me up, I'm going to do his will. And the day he don't wake me up here, baby, that means I'm up there with him. Amen. <laughs> I love y'all. I do. Get to know Jesus if you don't. Our time on this earth is but very short-lived. And our souls live forever. And it's our choice if we want to be in heaven with Jesus or we want to be in hell with the father of all lies. So with that being said, think about it, marinate on it, go to the father about any and everything. Not just that, but everything. Go to the father about everything. He will lead you to truth. Okay? Trust him. Because he sees the past, the now, and what we can't see in the future. He can see all that. He can see it all. Because he's God. Right? He's God. Not us. We're not little gods. And I mean, just even think about that really quick and I'm going to get off. But just think about that. Just really feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me on this. Um, we're not little gods. Because think about the word God. God, right? Okay. Let me just look it up real quick. I'm about to. I'm typing. Meaning a God. It's God. It's God. All right. All right. Creator. And ruler of the universe. Is that us? No. So don't be saying that you a little God. And this is for whoever it's for. We are not little gods. That don't even make sense. And then just think about if if there is a, a creator, right? Which there is. Being a creator. Why would we need more than one? Because if that's a creator, if God is a creator, if the creator, because he is, but just bear with me. God, if he's a creator, why would we need more than one creator? Because if he's creator, then he can create everything, right? So why would we need a God of this and a God of that and this and that and the God of that? Oh, we need another God for this. Oh, we need another God for that. No, one God, right? That's it. One God. The one true living God. Amen. Our creator. Just one. Because if if, uh, if if there is uh, someone else, right? Just to say, someone else that could create, then the first one who created, is that really then a God? Because they can create too. Right? So no. Mm -mm. It's one guy, y'all. 
Just one. And that's all we need. He is all powerful, all knowing. Amen. One God. One. All right. And with that, I'm out.